are now entering Armbar Audio. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Armbar Audio. I'm your host, Tim Farley, and across the screen from me is my brown brother. Sit Sriram, what it do, everybody? How you all doing? What you, uh, what you doing, Timothy? What am I doing? What is Timothy doing? Timothy is doing... Uh, Timothy is doing well. Okay. He's been doing... He's been making strides in his life. That's good. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's not just the weight loss. I'm combating my anxiety disorder good. pretty strongly. Uh, and... Uh, I'm going in January. I'm embarking on a um, a new new part of my life, I guess. Nice. I'm gonna be living in a Christian commune. That's awesome. Yeah, I it'll be very interesting. Yeah, it sounds like it. I myself started just a little bit. You know, when I had a little downtime today during work, I just kind of scrolled, kind of researched a little bit of like apartments for myself because I do plan to move out as well in 2024. For those who don't know, this is, for those who don't know, this is my parents' house. Okay. I do live with parents. So we're going to say this. Here's what we're going to say. Okay. No, we are not basement dweller wrestling fans. I have moved out of my parents' house two times in my lifetime, and Sid has moved out of his parents' house before. Yeah. So don't don't be like, oh, these are neckbeard basement dwellers. Hey, listen. Okay. Listen, the only person that they can call a neckbeard out of the two of us is me. Even me, my beard doesn't even go down. But you actually have a beard beard. Yeah, but like I don't have Neckbeard are those goons who like can't grow hair, and they try, and it looks like shit. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I've seen that. Like you look place. like a middle-aged Indian man. A middle-aged Indian man. Thanks, thanks. I appreciate. It. God damn it! I mean, it's, I mean, it's well, bad enough that I had kids calling me uncle, so it's all good. Kids call you uncle. In India, it's like a term of endearment. Like when we talk, when we look at older men and women, we'll call them like uncle and auntie. Because it's like instead of just saying "ma'am" or "sir," it's like you know, it's like a family. Yeah. We're like, yeah. Uh, like you know, like we say "brother," like we say "brother" or "sister" or, or "sis." Same thing, uncle, yeah. auntie, like that. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's some people who say "unk," like yeah, when re- referring to an older gentleman that you know may not be their blood. Right. Yeah. That's, That's pretty... all right, man. It's yeah. Where we are in our lives. Yeah, it is what I it is. A, I seen a meme today that says, uh, let me get it up here. It said, uh, thought about how Bowling for Soup released 1985 and 2004. So if they did a version today, it would be called 2004. And now I'm going to be sick. That's funny. That's 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 funny. Right. It's um 
I don't know, man. Yeah, it, it's it, here's the thing. Like, I feel like for me, when it comes to moving out, though, I, I don't know about you, but like, I feel like when I did move out, I don't think I was mentally like ready to do it. No, the first time. Like, yeah, I was. was I was awful. very. I was very like I would say I was pretty immature about it about when I moved out and stuff because, like, I just kind of moved out and I was like so, you know, uh, like, uh, dragged in by the allure of living alone that I forgot to do forgot why I was there in the first place and I kind of lost the plot a little bit, so I mm-hmm. kind of just, you know. It, so I kind of just, uh, you know, for, you know, honestly, I just kind of fucked around <laughs> and uh, I ended up having to move back to my parents' house. And I've been living here ever since, but I feel like there's some semblance of stability now in my life and, and think I'm ready to try this again. So, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because like before this opportunity came to me, it came to me on two Sundays ago. And I remember the middle of that week, I was messaging you or I called you and I told you how like the night before I had been looking at like places I could live on my own. And then by the end of that week, you know, I had this opportunity arise. Um, But yeah, you know, and plus it's not nothing to feel bad about like when people do live with their parents because no. Uh, the economy sucks and like shit's different now, you know, like our parents bought houses whenever people could actually afford them. Yeah. I think I saw like a thing back in the, like there's one comedian I like, I think you may have seen him, but his name was like Scott Cease or Scott Sice or whatever. He does like these like memes about retail and shit. But like, uh, one of the memes was like, he pretends to be like an older lady saying, you should move out and find a job. And he's like, did you know the price of, you know, uh, a pri- the price of your freaking uh, house back then couldn't even buy a Starbucks coffee these days or something like that. Like it was exaggerating, but, you know, right. think about it. You can't even pay a dollar for a st- for a cup of coffee these days. I mean, oh. it's crazy. How much you eat candy from now and then, right? How much Candy? is a Snickers? Like a, the cheapest Snickers I've ever had was like maybe a dollar twenty nine. No, I'm talking about today market price. How much is a Snickers? Oh, it's like two dollars and and some change. It's only two dollars and some change. Yeah, but still, it's I a it's a we're up to like four or five. I mean, even the, well, I mean, yeah, if you go to like a gas station. It's weird because right. gas station snacks are like way more expensive than when you go to like the department store. It's the weirdest thing in the world, but whatever. It's the price of convenience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of convenience. But, uh, <laughs> so, no, that has nothing to do. This was not convenient for either yeah. of us. Spe- yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Speaking of um, convenience or lack thereof. <laughs> right. So, uh, there. So I'm just going to say this. Whoever clicked on this video see saw already that this episode is covering stardom and pro wrestling revolver. And you may ask, well, that's a nice change of pace. Why? Okay. So when John was here, 
uh, I was able to do Inside the Indies. And Inside the Indies did pretty decently. And I even had an idea for a Puro slash Joshi show called Strong Stylings. And we just didn't have the time for it. And Armbar Audio's philosophy, ever since we started it, before it was called Armbar Audio, when it was called the Omega Cast, uh, was to not talk about just wrestling that everybody else talks about. It it was also to broaden people's horizons and to um, just really... um, like not so mainstream and uh last week i put up a poll on twitter or x or whatever you want to call it x twitter x twix like if you're hardcore if you're like in a hardcore band x twitter x you can call it it twix uh, call it twix because (laughs) (laughs) yes skittles twix shit like that Shit like that yeah uh but anyways um and I put three options. What are you most interested in? And it said Puro outside of New Japan, Joshi, or American Indies. And American Indies and Joshi were neck and neck. Puro outside of New Japan was uh, pretty low. So we are, uh, I'll give yeah. you guys the schedule at the end of this show, but that's why we're covering Stardom and PW Revolver. And yes, I know this past weekend there were two GCW shows and there's a bunch of independents. But the reason I decided to go with PW Revolver is because I feel if I'm if I'm going to watch a GC, GCW show on Saturday, I'm going to want to watch Sunday and I'm going to have to cover both. And I don't want to do all that. But so, yeah. And, and also because um, I have I have a life. <laughs> right. Right. I'm, I feel bad saying that, but no. I also we have shit to do, both of us. So yeah, I mean, if we're gonna grow, if we're gonna work on growth, you know, I can't spend sixteen hours or whatever watching wrestling on my weekend where I'm mm-hmm. off and I can work on myself. But um, yeah, so originally Sid was going to cover Stardom by himself, and I was going to cover Revolver. Luckily, we had the time to both watch both shows, but Sid will be leading on Stardom and I will be leading on Revolver. And we are going to get into Stardom, Big Winter in Nagoya, the uh, final show leading up to the big... uh, Big When is uh, the big show? Uh, Well, no, I said that I know I sent it to you like a couple of weeks ago, and I said we're definitely covering this or something. Um, fuck, I suck so bad. Is it Wonder World Ring? Is that the name of the World Wonder Ring Stardom? Is World Wonder Ring? Sorry, not that's that's what their promotions called. Said. The next one is a Queendom show, but I don't know which one. But it's like in January, I think, or December 31st. All All-Star Grand Queendom? No, that one that one's on April. That one was in April. That's going to be in That's going to be next year, right? 
That's going to be in 2024, yeah. right? Yeah. I think, or the end of this month. It's one or the other. Uh, God, we suck right now. Who gives a shit? You ever listen to podcasts? Podcasts, they bullshit all the time. Like, I they don't do. feel like I need to. Like, I think more. I think we have more podcasts that bullshit more than us. Like, I've seen yeah. podcasts where, like, literally, and I already said this one, but they, they'll talk about wrestling, but then, like, they'll talk about the match for, like, a minute, and then it'll just be five minutes of bullshitting. And I'm like, dude. Talk about the fucking match. I don't want to. I don't care whether you like pancakes or waffles better. Okay. Well, what do you like, pancakes or waffles? I can't decide. It, That's why you don't care. Yeah. Oh, there's one happening on the 29th. Uh, Stardom Dream Queendom. It's happening. That, yeah. That, December that's 29th. It. So like after Christmas, yeah, that's, that's the big show. Yeah, that's the next. That's like the big show at the end of the year. Okay. So this is this is the last big show leading up to that. And um, well, I'm gonna be honest here. Uh, when it comes to me and stardom, I would try to catch the big shows. Uh, I read about it, and I've watched. I watched some of the tournaments. I, in the past couple of years, I've kind of fallen off. Like, there's a lot of names that I watched for the first time uh, this this go-around. But, Sid, you have an even less uh, storied past with stardom, right? Yeah, because, like, I think just like well, last time when we covered DDT, like I said... I have watched stardom matches. I've just never watched a full show. Um, oh, I, rem- I remember that you watched stardom matches because you told me that you like to put them on, mute them, and play anime fight songs. Yeah, I didn't do it this time, but yes, that would... Actually, I forgot. Yeah. I'm, okay, I'm going to do it next time. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, I'm, I mean... If there's no English commentary, why not? True. Yeah. All of it was in Yeah, all the commentary was definitely in Japanese and I mean it's that's the one thing that I wish that Stardom did was like provide some English commentary, but you know it it's is It's really it is. weird to me because for the longest time they didn't have commentary at all. And they're the biggest Joshi promotion and they're they're in Bushi Road, the same with New Japan. You know what I mean? And we see how New Japan is treated. But, you know, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, even the people who, even Cyber Fight, get English commentary for Noah, DDT, and maybe Tokyo Joshi Pro? Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah. So, before we get into the show, I want to ask you, uh, as a as your first full stardom show, how did this fare? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I definitely uh, like. You don't have to you give know. me your grade yet or anything. No, no, Just no. Just be like, 
Yeah, uh, I like I I enjoyed it. It was absolutely something different. Um, so I I mean it, it and it had. I don't want to say it had, okay. I I would say it had a lot of variety. So it had your your kind of like more striking matches. It had some of your high flying stuff. It had your technical wrestling, um, and, and it really showed that you know, like, just because it's weird because in Western promotions, I do feel like women are treated like differently than men, you know, in a lot of our promotions, whether it is AEW or Ring of Honor or WWE or whatever. But here, this is a promotion just for women, so now it's like you don't have a choice. It's like you have to you know, kind of watch us, you know, do, and it's kind of good because it, it lets the ladies like, you know, shine because now there's no, like, because apparently according to wrestling, the, the guys matches are more important than the women's matches, uh, in traditional wrestling from what I, from what I've seen, but saying, you know, kind of brings to mind, like for the longest time in pro wrestling, Western pro wrestling, and even we see it even now when when it comes to women's wrestling and storylines a lot of them are similar a lot of them uh have been similar for decades and when you go and watch a joshi show like you said there's no men so like they're able to do the male storylines they're able to do the storylines that Western um, women's wrestling may not have the chance to yeah. do. Like, to be honest, the only memorable uh, wrestling story for for women right now, in my opinion, that's going on is like everything going on with Athena and her whole like minions and training. And Billy. And Billy. Yeah. That's that's like the one good story. And Tony. Well, okay. And Tony Storm. To be fair, the whole timeless Tony Storm, which and is I great, can't... but. You know, I can't be honest about WWE. Like, I know that they have new members of Damage Control, and I know that Damage Control loses again, and Rhea Ripley rolls and all that. But like, I don't know about the storylines over there. I mean, from what, what I, I mean, yeah, it again. But see, that's the thing. Even with it, in WWE, like, there's not they they kind of just it's the more tried and you know, tested tropes over and over again, at least for the women, you know. I mean, think about it. In WWE, the last uh, very, like, memorable uh, story that I can think of for for the the women's division was honestly when Mickey James was uh, a freaking, uh, was a stand for Trish Stratus. That's... Oh wow! You go all that way back there. I would say the whole the man thing with Becky and overcoming. Charlotte oh yeah, the man was... was pretty big. It was. I got yeah. Oscar's undefeated streak in NXT and her vacating the title. But I mean, like they had opportunities to do a lot, especially yeah. with the four horsewomen that I feel like they didn't cash in on. Yep. Um, and like, like the rise of Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley was good, but like, 
what was memorable aside yeah. from them rising. Like, I don't... Yeah, they had... Did they even... Like, the one... The decent... They had good matches. Like, the match that Rhea... Not Rhea. Bianca had with Sasha or Mercedes. That was good. I liked it. Yeah. But again, that was, like, one match. Um, but the stories. Like, there, yeah. was no, there was nothing... Yeah. All right. And, I mean, I guess Bailey and Sasha slash Mercedes... Like, they finally did the feud... But it was almost like, all right, fine. Y'all want the feud? Here, take it. You know? Right. And they just kind of like ended it at the next pay-per-view. So it's like, okay. Fine. That, right. That's how much you give a shit about your women. Um, <laughs> you know? Because now you want to bring freaking toxic CM Punk back into your company. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I gotta say, one good thing that came out of him coming back, I have a lot more respect for Seth Rollins now because the demand's speaking facts about the guy, and you know, like he's apparently Drew McIntyre is too. That's good. That's good. So maybe we'll maybe so perhaps Drew Galloway and Tyler Black will be all elite next year. <laughs> no, it's not gonna happen. Maybe Drew. Maybe Drew. But Seth. Mm-mm. He's he's a company guy. He's gonna stay. He's gonna stay there until he's dead. So, right. But uh, back but to again. women's wrestling. Yeah. The other good storyline, I feel, um, you know, Impact has done good storylines. Uh, yeah. The Age of the Virtuosa, and now with Jordan Grace, mm-hmm. and how she fought the odds and won the gauntlet match, and then even. And like won the respect of Bully Ray and is going into hard to kill to face Trinity. Like that's good too. But I think honestly, I think in modern Western wrestling with women It's limited. The best the biggest and best storyline is what you said. Trish and Mickey. Like that that was that was like I don't think as as good as the man stuff was like I still I think Mickey and Trish like it was more thought out it was it was a longer type of thing Becky just happened to have broken her nose like yeah. that was that was like your perfect like that was like happens yeah. it was yeah and, but like the Trish and Mickey thing was was really good and and the funny thing is, is that in the past month, I've actually watched it because oh, at really? work, my clients love WWE. Sometimes my one client will be like, put on the women's wrestling and I'll either put on Tokyo Joshi Pro or Stardom. And sometimes I'll put on Ring of Honor for him. But like he loves watching WWE and his, his, my one client loves John Cena. So I've, I've been watching Raw's chronologically from like the early to mid 2000s for the past few months oh and that whole mickey james trish stratus storyline was fucking great but stardom yeah big winter let's get into it yeah let's get into it so we had eight matches in total right let me see let me paint the chair i got that one two 
three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yep, eight matches in total. Um, a few, of course, a few title matches as well. Um, so let's kind of get into it. Yes, like you said. So the f- match that kicked us off was uh, Ruaka versus Mai Sakurai. And here's the thing. I've written like paragraphs of what I felt about the matches. So, I mean, there was like, it was definitely like Ruaka had a, a very aggressive start. Uh, however, Sakurai pretty much had an answer to her, to all of her uh, moves. And, you know, finally, you know, Sakurai did, you know, overcome the odds. She did pick up the win via roll-up, but, and Ruaka was pretty pissed off. Like, my Sakurai, by the way, her entrance, she came in, like, throwing out dollar bills or, I guess, yen, because they're in Japan. And, like, Ruaka was so pissed off, she, like, started ripping them up. She was ripping. It was funny as hell. Um, I, I think, you know... It was it was a fun match. It was a short match. Uh, it was a good a good opener, a, a way to kind of like wet the appetite a little bit. Um, so I mean, I, I I enjoyed it for what it was. So Tim, what'd you think? I I agree with your sentiments. Um, Ruaka uh, seems to have lost a bit of weight, like noticeably, um, because I remember her being a little bit more more filled out i guess if if that's the political correct way of saying it yeah um but yeah it was it was it was a good undercard match yeah yeah there's not really much to say like it was it was fine you know um so moving on uh we had our first of uh i think yeah our first tag match right yeah we had a couple of tag matches on here excuse me our first tag match on the undercard, we had uh, Wingori, which is Hanan and Saya Ida, versus the Cosmic Angels, Yuna, Mizumori, and Saori Anu. I'm trying to get the name true. Now, like I said, I haven't been watching Stardom the two years as intently as I used to. Uh, apparently, Anal is, is quite good. I had heard going into this. I remembered Ida and Hanan. Hanan, Rina, and Hina are all sisters. And Hanan's the eldest. And she's finally like she looks she's starting to look like a woman. Because like in Japanese wrestling, like these chicks start off really, really young. Like uh Azumi who fought Julia on this show. I think she started wrestling for stardom when she was 16 or 17, which is outrageous. Um, but yeah. And Sayaida and Hanan of Wingori are the new blood tag team champions. That's a whole new thing to me. I have never seen a new blood show, but that's like a supplemental thing for stardom. Um, and I had heard that, this has been a tumultuous year for stardom with injuries and all kinds of things. And who's who was Anao's tag partner? Yuna Mizumori. I heard she had been um, showing out a lot this year throughout the uh, ups and downs. And I was 
I was impressed by all four competitors in this match. Yeah. Hey, I wrote I wrote that it this match felt like a war between the two factions, two teams. Uh I loved the part where Ida just lit Mizumori up with endless chops. Like you see like what Eddie Kingston does when he gets you on the rope and just chops the shit out of you. She I feel took that to like times five. And I didn't know when she was gonna stop. And also like Ida's like she's she's like a she's like a little she's like a the Japanese Jordan Grace almost because she's like super muscular and everything. And I loved that was awesome. She's the just, female Tomohiro Ishii. Tomohiro Ishii, never mind. Okay. And uh, you know, then Hanan and Anu I wrote took pretty much took each other to Suplex City, you know. Uh, because they both kind of suplexed the shit out of each other. Uh, there was a lot of fast, pa- like you said, you know, all four women showed out. A lot of fast-paced action between these women, but uh, the match did finally end when Saori Anu she uh, actually picked up the win by hitting like a, a fin- her finisher on Hanan, which is like a it was like a ripcord front flip slam kind of move. It, I don't I don't know what to call it, but like. She kind of did the ripcord thing where she pulled her in and she like did like a flip in the air and, and pinned her to the ground and then one, two, three, they and the you know, uh, cosmic angels win a really good match. I I don't have anything else to say, but it was it was good. I mean honestly, I kinda wish this match started it out. I think that would have gotten the crowd a little bit more hype, but it's all good, you know. Right. Right. I, um, when I saw Sayaida, when she was first, like, being shown on Stardom before this new blood stuff happened and how she's, like, the rookie of the stars unit, her yeah. and Hanan, she was, she was kind of featured as a powerhouse. And when I was watching this match, um, her transition from powerhouse singles wrestler to tag team specialist stood out to me. Um, like her and Hanan were hitting some good tandem offense. Um, I wasn't surprised at the winning because I heard that, like, I heard a lot of good things about Sayori. Yeah. So, and, oh. Um, but yeah, I, I, I liked, I think that when you look at the two matches that we talked about, I'd say that this was like much better than yeah. the first match. And this is just the undercard, by the way. And also speaking of Saudi, I know like this would not be the last we'd see of her tonight. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, so now we kind of get into some of the to our first uh, title match of the night. This was uh, Felka of Donna Del Mondo versus... Thecla. Oh, Thecla, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Of Donna no, Del Mondo. No, no, that's how it's written, but, it's, but it's, her name is Tecla. Oh, Tecla, okay. Of Donna Del Mondo versus May Sarah for the High Speed Championship. Uh, Thecla is the High Speed Champion as of now. And no, 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 I'm sorry. Sarah was sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Um, yeah, I actually wrote that in my notes. 
No, anyway, and this match definitely lives up to the name of this championship because it was very high speed. It was very high speed. Uh, I love the part where uh, Thecla took like a water break in the ring. She like was drinking. Well, mine's done, but she was drinking water. The ref was looking somewhere else. Sarah was looking there, and she like threw the water bottle at Sarah's leg and injuring her leg. Uh, then you know. Uh, Sarah then finally to uh, hits a huge kick. I wrote Sarah hits a huge kick in the air and rolls up Tekla for the pin to retain her high speed championship. I'm gonna be honest with you, Sid. That's probably what I would have wrote too, because um, I've seen other high speed title matches like Natsupoi uh, was in that division. Starlight Kid or SLK as Stardom fans call her and Azumi. And they're always awesome, but like I can't tell you what happened at all. Yeah. Because it's just their their cardio is outrageous. Um Tekla got the right to challenge for this match by by having Donna helping Del Donna Del Mondo win the Gold Rush tournament. And she called out May Sierra, right? That's her name. Yeah, May Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a lady that I I had not seen before until this show, and I was impressed because I have seen Tekla, and I expected Tekla to win, just because uh, I'm so used to Donna seeing Donna Del Mondo dominate. Um. And but I guess but she came up pace, short. Yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of made it a bit of a change of good change of pace because you know Don Del Mondo, from what I understand, is like the top faction in Stardom, and it's you know every so often if they eat a loss, doesn't really affect them as badly. So moving on, uh, up next was a six woman tag match. We had God's Eye which is Mirai, Siuri, and Ami or Amy Sore versus Amy, o- Amy Sore versus Oedo, Oedo Tai, which is Starlight Kid, uh, the aforementioned Starlight Kid, Natsuko Tara, and Momo Watanabe. Um, Tar- uh, Tara, Starlight Kid, and Watanabe pretty much attacked God's Eye before the bell rang. Uh, Momo... Oh, I- it says Mimi, but it's Momo Watanabe. And Starlight Kid show off some tremendous athleticism uh, at the expense of Siori, who plays the baby pee face in peril for the a good uh, begin for the beginning of the match. Uh, Sore light lit up Tara with some chops, but Tara also showed a lot of athleticism as well. But uh, Tara then the match finally ended with Tara hitting a shooting star, basically a shooting star press onto Sore and pinning her to win the match for uh, Oedo Tai. So, Natsuko Tora? Yeah, Natsuko and Tora. Jerry. No, so, uh, Amy Sore. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sore, Siri, I, I know. Yeah. 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 That was um, good. I like this. Okay. This was the first match that really grabbed me um i liked 
um, in the beginning, I think it was um, Starlight Kid and Momo and Siri and Mirai's interactions. I liked those a lot. Yeah. Um, Natsuko Toro, I have had a very back and forth relationship with and oh when'd you date her i feel like i feel i feel like a lot of stardom fans do as well because every time she starts to get momentum she gets injured or something um i feel like this match i've heard a lot of good things about mirai and uh it's no no wonder why she's the wonder of stardom champion yeah. Um, which is the secondary title. Um, but, you know, when it comes to Stardom's roster, I think Siri is number one. And I think that Starlight Kid is in the top probably six. And Starlight Kid is... Starlight Kid, Azumi, and... Suzu Suzuki are so young and so good right now. Um, it, it it will be fun to watch this promotion as they grow and grow and get older because, mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I was, I was really into this match. I didn't take notes because you were leading on this. So um, yeah, this was the match that got me into this show. At first, it was, I was watching, and I was kind of like, fucking around on my phone and stuff, but like, this match was the first one that really grabbed me. For me, it was the previous match, the high-speed title match. That was, that's mm -hmm. what it did for me. So, um, all right. So, with that, let's move on. And then, after, yeah, okay. after the match, Sayori Anau came out. And challenged Mirai for the Wonder of Stardom Championship at the uh, Queendom show. Yep. And now we move on to an interesting match. We have the Scandinavian Hurricane versus uh, co-founder of Stardom, Nane Takahashi, in a UWF rules match. Now, I actually literally found the rules because they... When they okay, they put they showed, displayed the rules, but it was all in Japanese. So I went to on Google and found the rules for the UWF match, and I'll just read it out. So UWF rules are: fights may end via knockout, ten count, TKO, which is referee stoppage, submission, or by points. There are no pinfalls, no disqualification, no countouts, and no time limits. Basically, sounds very much like a pure match. Sounds a lot like yeah. it, with some differences. UWF was a was a one of the first pro wrestling imitating MMA uh, um, promotions back in in the nineties, I believe, or yeah. And um, I didn't know the exact rules either. I do know that Shibata's first match, after he had been injured, he came back at a Wrestle Kingdom 
and he his first two matches one was against Narita and one was against Zack Sabre Jr. and they were both UWF uh, rules um, I was reading some things and you know a lot of people have differing opinions um, and some people didn't like this and some people like don't think stardom should keep doing these matches because uh the last show i think the gold rush show or something it was siri against the scandinavian hurricane who is a former wxw women's champion um but i i fucking really like this match i really good. like this match it was good yeah yeah i i felt like scandinavian hurricane had a lot of fire uh, yeah, and it was like her striking against uh, N- Nanai Takahashi's like ground game, and then out of nowhere, <laughs> Takahashi hit two back elbows to the yeah, skull. I, I legit, re- I legitimately wrote Takahashi hit basically the Judas, Judas effect and one via ref stoppage, <laughs> like twice in a row. Yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, a lot of, like you said, a lot of mat, there was a lot of mat wrestling, like you said, so a lot of, you know, ground and pound and striking. Um, kind of wish Scandinavian Hurricane won this just because from what I read on 411 Mania, uh, Takahashi rarely loses um, in a lot of the matches. I guess that's perks of uh, being one of the founders of, of your wrestling company. I don't know. But. I mean, well, she also like left. She like stopped wrestling for a long time and came back to stardom. Oh, okay. I think last year or the year before. Okay. So, all right. You know. Well, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it could have been interesting, but you know, it is what it is. I, I think Scandinavian Hurricane put on a good show. Uh, Takahashi, you know, lady's forty-four years old and she can still kick your ass, and that's amazing. Okay. Anyway. Um, I will honest, be honest, I didn't like this match nearly as much as you did, Tim. But, you know, it was a good it's match. It's okay. Uh, it's a th- good match, but, you know. Apparently, these matches have been very polarizing for the Stardom fan base. So Yeah. I mean, like, no, I like the pure... I like pure matches, and this was very much like a pure match. But I don't know. Just, you know, I think there are some things that could have been a little bit better. But hey, it is what it is. Um, moving on to another championship title match. This one also I really enjoyed. Uh, it was uh, Julia versus the aforementioned AZM. No, I'm kidding. Azumi. That was just to piss off some of you Joshi marks. Um, or, you know, <laughs> just Puro marks. Uh, yeah, we know, we know this one uh individual on twitter they are a huge fan of japanese wrestling and uh they went on this rant when someone pronounced azumi as azm and i was like dude just chill out it's it's not a big deal okay seriously yeah like shit you still call adam copeland edge so you know it's gonna be a while yeah like it's (laughs) gonna be a while true like I, dude, when last t- last year when I went to, uh, I have to say this, and I'll get back to the match. When I went to Final Battle last year, 
the dude sitting next to me when uh, Claudio versus Jericho was going on, the dude kept on saying, let's go Cesaro. I didn't get pissed. I wasn't like, oh, man, it's not Cesaro. It's Claudio. No, I was like, okay, cool. He's enjoying the match. Okay? So yeah, it's not a big deal. He's watching. Yeah. It's not a right? big fucking deal. Okay, fine. He, he, they got her name wrong. You, you, they said AZM instead of Azumi. It's not a big deal. She's not going to come after that person because they spelled her name wrong. But it is Azumi. Okay. Anyway. You're right. Uh, it was, this and was, this was for the New Japan Strong yeah, Women's Championship. Yeah, the Strong Women's Championship. Correct. Uh, there was a handshake between the two women, but immediately it just they just went at each other. And it was just like a sequence of covers just to start the match off hot. That was awesome. That was like mm. one of the best parts of this match. And uh, I wrote, these two women went to war. Uh, Julia being almost like a final boss at this point. And, uh, you know, and uh, Azumi putting up one hell of a fight, though. But um, Julia did hit a huge power slam to finally pin Azumi and retain her title. Um, I have, this is not and my they- first watch. This is not my first match uh, watching of, of Julia. I have watched other matches, and they've been good. But I'm going to be honest. I think this was a totally different Julia than what I saw previously. And it's no wonder a lot of Western companies are trying to sign this young woman. Yeah. Uh, and Azumi, apparently, because she wants to if, go to America. If you were, if, if were going to say that this was your the best thing you've seen from Julia, I would say go and watch her rivalry with Tam Nakano and her matches against Siri. And I think whoever led prominence, I forget. I, fuck. Because I watch it so sporadically that it's hard for me to remember. Yeah. But um, so many factions too in startup. This, this match was my first like, Oh shit. This is really fucking good. Like I so good. Like um the work that they did on the apron and in in the ropes. Um like there I think it was towards the end where Azumi kinda like turned the tables on Julia in the ropes and on the on the apron and then like hit a short um, Hurricane Rana through the ropes and then followed up with a DDT and then she did the double stomp off the top and then did like a double stomp leg drop and then she like uh, she would hit like her finisher and then do a roll up and then the roll up into the roll up and then Julia would hit her big her big power move and Azumi would kick out and like, like there was a point where Julia was just like, fuck this, I'm done. And that's when she she did it again and it was over. And I think people uh, were kind of on the edge of their seats here because, like you had mentioned, Azumi wants to break into the West. And Julia, there, there's been rumors yeah for the past month and a half to two months of where is julia gonna go whenever her contract expires and all of that and uh yeah this this match fucking rolled yeah i've dude this was good good shit for sure i mean whoever wherever these two women go like like 
please invest whoever wherever there they go please to the western promoters please freaking invest in these ladies because it's, it's just fucking worth it anyway right uh up next was another tag match this was for the goddess of stardom championships uh i think now, those, yeah there was uh like i said there has been a lot of injuries especially in the past like two months and tam nakano uh, who is the who was the uh, I forget what the world of stardom champion and co-holder of the goddess goddess of uh, stardom goddess of stardom, of stardom with Natsu Poi um, they took the titles off of her because of injury and Poi is injured as well so you had um a woman who I know from beyond wrestling who has broken into stardom this year, Megan Bain yeah. with another house in Micah versus. Uh, okay. I'm going to say this one because some, something empire divine kingdom. They're called divine kingdom. Right. Yeah. Versus Aphrodite. And the E is like a capital E cause they're cool. Uh, yeah. I'm going to Queens gonna... quest members. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be interesting to say, Utami Hayashishita and Saya Kamitani. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I am sorry. Utami's la- last name so is sorry. always hard for me. Yeah. Uh, Hayashishita. Hayashishita. Sorry. But it's weird. Like, uh, okay, look. If we can say Arnold Schwarzenegger, we can say this. Okay. At least, you know. Anyway. But whatever. Chakla is from... The same country as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. Okay. Well then. All right. Just, just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Just yeah. Just saying. Totally not trying to make you look like an idiot. Anyway. Um. Move. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just messing. No, around. because when I. I know. I know. I'm just messing with you. I was like, yo, this is a white chick, and I've never seen her before. Why haven't I seen her before? Oh, she's from fucking Austria. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, may, well Megan Bain, okay, I didn't I didn't really hear properly. Where is she from? She's from America. She's from she, America. Okay, she's she America. W- she was undefeated in Beyond Wrestling. Oh okay. and then like she was nowhere for like a year. And then she showed up in stardom. Damn. Yeah, America. Anyways, uh this was another fast paced match. And a terrific performance by all four women. Uh, Micah and Bain did put up a really good performance. Uh, but finally, Kamitani pin. I, I wrote, Kamitani pins Bain with a Northern Light suplex to win. And Aphrodite are the new Goddess of Stardom champions. Yes. And this was a good move, in my opinion. Because Micah has had a fantastic year. And letting her have just the tag championships, I think, would be a disservice. Uh, and we'll get into what I'm talking about in the next match. But um, I liked the power dynamic of Bane and Micah against uh, two of Stardom's best in Utami and Saya. Saya was on a very good run as the 
Wonder of Stardom champion. Um, and she's more more high flyer and Utami is more of a powerhouse. And, you know, uh, yeah. if you're not familiar with stardom, Utami and Siri had, has, have had fantastic matches. Um, but this was a good match. Um, but I'd say out of the three matches of the end, like I'd put this at third. And I'd put the main event first. Yeah. I was really, really into the main event. Yeah, and we're going to get to... Okay, Sid, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but Hazuki is also a comeback stardom wrestler. She okay. was in stardom for a long time. And then either, I think a year or two ago, she came back. She stopped wrestling and she came back. She used to be in Oedo Tai... Now she's part of Stars with Mayu Iwatani. She she when she came back, she was pissed at Mayu because she was like, "You're letting all these new people and all of these guys and like run shit." Like, nah, we're what we're the fuck? we're yeah. gonna yeah. And instead of fighting her, she was like, "Let me help you reestablish some fucking dominance, dominance here." Yeah. But, Speaking uh, of. But yeah, oh. so the match was Hazuki, as you mentioned, versus Suzu Suzuki for the World of Stardom Challenger Certificate. Now, let me ask you this, Timothy. This World of Stardom Certificate, obviously, um, Suzuki had Suzuki. it in a, in a briefcase. What What is the difference between this one and, like, the, for example, like for Western audiences, the Money in the Bank briefcase? Suzu, Suzu, this is more like the G1. Okay. This this came out of Suzu beating, I think she defeated Micah in the finals of the five-star Grand Prix. So you know how the winner of the G1 gets the trophy, but they also kind of, on the way to Wrestle Kingdom, defend the contract at least once. Right, yeah. And they have it in a briefcase. This is exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't have to climb a ladder. There was no multi-person match. She she won the tournament. Oh, okay, okay. All right. But like now like with for example, like the money in the bank contract, pretty much they have a year to cash that in for a, a, a potential title shot. What is this? This is like Wrestle Kingdom as well. This so, will, she will be wrestling she will be wrestling Micah at the Queendom show on the 29th for the vacant World of Stardom Championship. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Um, Dude. If she wins this match. Dude. This match was fucking awesome. I loved it. Uh, I said that this match started off like it's a damn fight. Uh, and it quickly spills to the outside. Um, the strikes felt stiff. Uh, at least for me, like, I don't know, like the, the strikes felt like it, I, I could, I heard it, the volume was like a lot louder when there was contact between, the, between face or between foot and face or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you could really feel the animosity between these two women because I believe from what I understood, uh, like 
Suzuki is like, why in the hell is she even challenging for this top for this for my briefcase? She doesn't deserve it. And so like Suzuki's pissed. And so like now Hazuki, of course, uh on the outside it was a cool spot where Hazuki spit some water on Suzuki's face. That was that was nice. I liked it. But finally, at the end of the day, despite Hazuki's efforts, uh, Suzuki uh, hit two Northern Lights suplexes to win the match and retain her was certificate. Was it Northern Lights or was it a Ger- Germans? I mean, she like did the suplex and she like, you know, had her in that pinning position. So that's that's Northern Lights, right? Like a German with a bridge. Yeah. No, Northern Lights is. Um... Well, fuck me. Oh. Okay, some two, okay, two suplexes and she freaking won the match. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Suzu Suzuki has uh has hit stardom with a uh with a fire. I watched some of her matches in the five star Grand Prix and she's she's incredible for her age. Um, and she called out Micah at the end. Yeah. And I, be- I believe she was talking shit. Like, I don't think there was respect said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think at the end of the Queendom show on the 29th, I think Micah's going to be the champion. I think Suzu is a little too young. And I think Micah deserves her her run. Uh, Micah, the original Donna Del Mondo of Julia, Siri, Micah, Hameka, and Natsupoi, all of them have found success. Two of them have become world of stardom champions um siri was so good that they decided to break her off from there and put her give her her own faction micah and hameka were always paired at the hip and earlier this year hameka retired and micah was her retirement match and i feel that uh micah has everything uh one needs to be the um the champion here um so sid a couple of questions sure if you had to recommend three matches to watch off of this show which matches would you recommend uh definitely the main event uh suzuki versus suzuki um julia versus azumi and of course, the uh, Thecla versus uh, shit. I lost my notes. Uh, Thecla, Maysira, and Maysira. Right. Those three matches. I think I would go with the final three matches. On a, what do you grade? Stardom Big Winter in Nagoya. Uh, because I didn't think there was a single. No, bad... hold on. Okay. Let me let me put a disclaimer up for all the Joshi fans that or start or stardom only fans who are going to listen to this. Only I fans. did say that Sid hasn't watched 
a lot of stardom and yeah. I myself have been back and forth with the promotion. So we're you. not completely up to date with everything and we we don't watch it religiously. Yeah, I mean Yeah, so there you go for all your gate gatekeepers. Um did I I thought there was not a single I know I say this a lot, but there's not a single bad match on this card. I think all the all the matches were good to great. Uh, very fast-paced show. It was a three-hour show, and it felt like two and a half hours for me, at least. And let me give my rating, and then I'll let you speak. And my rating is going to be a solid A. All right, go okay. ahead, Tim. What do you want to share I with was, the class? I was going to tell you beforehand that DDT Ultimate Party got an A, and Full Gear got an A- from you. Yeah. So does that affect your grade of this show? Not really, because I think that I kind of enjoyed this one as much as the DDT uh, show. All right. I'm going to go with a B+. Uh, I think some bigger names are obviously missing. Um, and... Maybe I would have enjoyed this more, or maybe I would have enjoyed this less if I knew more going in. Uh, B still stands for good, so and a B yeah. plus is almost yeah, the entire is a little bit better than that. Um, but I'm definitely I was definitely happy with watching this. Yeah. I, um, yeah, now yeah, just yeah, it's a good thing to say that so that the entire Joshi community doesn't like come at us with pitchforks. I don't know. I like I said, the what I have read on Cage Match because I don't just look at the ratings. I also read like comments. Okay. Uh, Stardom has had a string of not so favorable favorable shows in the past few months. Really. Um. Yeah, and there's a lot of mixed reviews on this and the last couple of shows. So, like, I think it was good. Yeah. I think more for me, because I don't know as many of the big names like you do, I was just like, okay, this is really good. It's something different than what I'm used to. So that's why maybe I gave it a higher grade yeah. than you did. So, I mean, if we were to do a grade point average between the two of us, I guess this rounds up to an A minus if you want to do like a the average. It also affects the, the commentary, also affects. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, that's true. Because I feel like I would have had a better, a better opportunity at paying attention throughout yeah. if I was hearing English commentary. Like, same. Um, and also sometimes they go too fast. They do. Like, I feel like they could, if they, if they slowed down a little bit, it would help them. Um, and I know that somebody will be pissed off for me saying that. I don't Whatever. care. Yeah. Right. It's it's so, it's late for us. We don't got time for this shit. So anyway. 
So let's get into PW Revolver season finale, shall yep. we? Yes, we shall. We have, by the way, we are already way a good amount past the out one hour mark. So just letting you know. All right, I'm keep. I'm gonna keep this. Uh, I'll try to go quick. Uh, scheduled for this show was Alex Shelley, the uh, remix champion, and he was supposed to face Jake Chris in a champion versus champion match. Jake Chris is the world champion. Alex Shelley had a calf injury and was not able to be there. Ali Catch and JT Dunn were supposed to face Jessica and Sammy Callahan. Uh, Ali Catch had flight issues. Myron Reed was supposed to face Jake something, but he, Jake something got put in the scramble match, and Myron Reed tagged with Zach Wentz for the Rascals because Trey Miguel, for some reason, was not there. That was never spoken about, I don't think. Um, the show started off hot with Jake Crist putting his title on the line against Gringo Loco. Gringo Loco, uh, his big story since coming to PW Revolver is wanting a match with John Moxley. And I think that's happening on January 25th, finally. Um, this match started off hot right off the bat. Uh, they were at, were the, they were outside. Someone got a door. You know, there was a powerbomb through a door. Um, Jake Crist did like a, instead of like a Spanish fly, he did like a reverse Spanish fly. So they were both coming down face first and with Gringo taking the majority of the uh, bump. Um, There was a... Gringo Loco set up a door in between two chairs and laid Chris on it and did a twisting moonsault, but Chris moved out of the way, and that was unfortunate for Gringo Loco. Um, the end came when they were both on the top rope, and Jake Chris hit like a double-arm DDT destroyer, and Gringo Loco kicked out, but Chris used a... Uh, backslide for the win and commentary did mention that Chris has used the backslide numerous times uh, to retain this title. I thought it was a hot start. I thought it was a great match. A great indie match. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. The next match was the grizzled young veterans against the rascals. Uh, the storyline here was that the grizzled young vets had had defeated all of Europe and they were back in the States and they were kind of blaming the rascals for taking their momentum yeah. in NXT. Um, That's pretty cool that they actually like followed up a story from WWE and brought it into the Indies. Like that's that's I actually gotta say like good on them. Yeah. This match, like the first match, it was high energy. Um, Grizzled Young Veterans had impeccable tandem offense that was just so consistent throughout this match. Yeah, Uh, I loved it. um, I feel like the pairing of Reed and Wentz was not as good as Miguel and Wentz or even Miguel and Reed. Something just felt so off. Yeah. I chalk it up to just not enough 
enough time together as tag partners. Yeah. Um, like when when Wentz and Lee um, went to NXT, Miguel kind of took Reed as a rascal partner. So Miguel had already established um, chemistry with Wentz and Reed, but I don't know how often Myron Reed and Zachary Wentz have tagged together. But um, yeah, Grizzled Young Vets won with like, I forget what they called the move, but it was basically Grit your a teeth. Code. Grit your teeth. It was a double code breaker. Pretty much. Um, I really, really like that match. The third yeah. match was Killer Kelly versus Emmy Sakura. And I know that Killer Kelly is the women's champion. I don't know if this was for the title. I don't um, think so. This match, Sakura not only had to face Killer Kelly, but also Ricky Shane Page, who interfered countless times. At one point, Kelly stole the ref's glasses, and he got yeah. away with more. But honestly, before that spot, there was many. There were many times the ref could have ejected him. Sakura got some good offense in, but the Red Queen won in an entertaining but not as strong match as I expected. Yeah. Um. The next match was Masaki Mochizuki of Dragon Gate fame. Uh, he's kind of like in the Puro Legend status now, like Suzuki, Akiyama, and all the and Kojima. Where, yeah, he's from Dragon Gate, but if you see him in Noah or you see him in All Japan or wherever the fuck else, it's okay. Like I don't, I don't know. I think in Japan, once you hit a certain age, your contract is like okay. You do, can whatever do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. 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 Like we're paying you to be at our stuff, but you go do your thing. Um, Bailey has been putting on bangers all year everywhere he's wrestled. And it's no surprise. This wouldn't be any different. Mochizuki is a pure, pure veteran making his name in Dragon Gate and has been wrestling since Bailey was four years old. There was lots of strikes until Mochizuki decided to make it a ground game and really work the legs of Bailey. Bailey kicked out of the Brain Buster. Mochizuki kicked out of the Ultima Weapon. And the last segment of the match, they really beat the hell out of each other. And it reminded me of that Nomura and Abe match. Um, like very battle art style, very shoot style. And I swear to God, they were beating the shit out of each other. And then all of a sudden, Mochizuki hit the turnbuckle and hit a connected a, a triangle kick and defeated Bailey. Um, fucking, it was fucking awesome. Yep. Um, the next match on this show was the Golden Ticket Scramble match, which whoever wins would have a title opportunity of their choice whenever. And however they wanted. Um, this had Jake something against Ace Austin, against Alan Angels, against the monster hunter Matthew Waller, who I have never seen anywhere else other than PW Revolver. And I love his fucking gimmick. I don't even know if I understand it completely, but I, I, the guy, I don't know, maybe looks looks awesome. And I think we I, have I to play. Know. I think we both have to like play the game Monster Hunter to understand the gimmick a little bit better. I don't know. 
Well, I think he his gimmick was like he he's like a smaller guy, but he went after bigger guys, and he has like those potions that he. Drinks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's weird. Give him By the powers. way, okay, we got it. Brook. Okay, good, good, good. The there were three members of a group called Alpha Sigma Sigma. I didn't really get uh, their individual names. Go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, finish talking about the match, and I'll say it. Okay. Uh, Alpha Sigma Sigma, while being the greenest of the competition, offered a good load of entertainment. They had a paddle, which came into play to their chagrin. Jake something is a beast, and I really want to see him face Daisuke Saikimoto from Big Japan. Angels in Austin are always great to watch. Matthew Palmer, who I've only seen in Revolver, is super cool. He's called the Monster Hunter. Dresses like a Victorian-era mad scientist or something, and drinks potions that give him different powers. He drank his yeah. potion and whooped on angels. While he had angels in a scorpion deathlock, Ace Austin uh, did his off-the-middle-of-the-rope kick uh, to him in the face and then hit the fold for the win. Afterward, Palmer beat Austin down, and I believe one of the Alpha Sigma Sigma boys... This is what you'd expect of a scramble. Quite entertaining. Yeah. No, what I wanted to say is that before that, there was like a brief intermission and there was a really fun match uh, between the aforementioned Monster Hunter. What is it? Matthew Waller? Is that his name? Yeah. Matthew Waller. And uh, Cobra Kai's fame. uh, uh, What's Shit, what's his name? Paul Walter Hausen, I believe. Uh, he also he plays Stingray in Cobra Kai, and this was I I enjoyed this match quite a bit. It was a lot of fun, and uh, you know even he even got to do the put put on the little headband and do the do the crane. That was fun. I liked it a lot, and yeah. uh, he actually that did was, win it. Um, from last month's PW Revolver Unreal. That oh, was okay. A really good show too. Okay, that's just why. That's another reason why I wanted to cover season finale because I watched Unreal and I was, I was into it. Um, yeah, that was a good match though. The next, the next match was Brian Keith versus Ortiz, the new Texas Pro Champion one. who has held the title for like three years, facing off against an AEW star. This wasn't Keith's first brush with AEW, as he yeah. had wrestled twice on Rampage and got a shout-out by Danielson during a media scrum, which has led to Keith calling out Danielson. For now, Keith must wait, as he had to deal with a former Team Pazuzu LAX and Inner Circle member. Um, this was a good back-and-forth match. I felt they had good chemistry. Um, the end came... When Ortiz got out of a double underhook power bomb and hit a fisherman buster for the win, um, the penultimate match was JT Dunn and Alley Catch of the unit against Sammy and Jessica. Dunn came out with uh, his boy Phil, I guess who's the manager, and said Alley had flight troubles, and his fiance, who's supposed to have his back, isn't there, but he will deal with her. When he gets home, Phil got a replacement, and it's the newest member of the unit, Damian Chambers. Sammy knew Dunn would mess this moment up, so he brought Havoc instead of Jessica. This was the usual Callahan stuff with Legos and weaponry. 
Sammy and Havoc win, and Dunn fires Phil and Damian Chambers, leaving the units up up in the air for 2024. Uh, the main event saw the tag team titles defended, which I believe are trios titles. Like, that's yeah. just their tag team. Uh, Rich's equal death members, Ricky Shane Page, Alex Cologne, and uh, Steve Macklin against SGC of Manders, Mance Warner, and Matthew Justice. Um, at Revolver Unreal the month prior, um, there was a Haas match, like a multiple-man Haas match. Macklin had beat Manders and kind of egged him on and showed him that he had the tag titles. So this has, must have been a story that had been developing for quite some time in Revolver. Um, there were weapons, scaffolds, dives, oh my. Exactly what you would expect if you've ever watched a Ricky Shane Page or SGC or Alex Cologne match. Um, I'm familiar with these guys because three of them still work for GCW. I think Cologne does as well. I'm not sure. Ricky hasn't been there in a long time, but that's where I saw these guys originally. Um, RED won when Killer Kelly proposed to Manders in the middle of the ring, which Macklin took advantage of and low blowed Manders from behind and then hit the killed in action to secure Red's retention of the tag belts. As I said, I had watched Unreal last month, and that's why I wanted to watch season finale. I feel if you took away the main event of Unreal because it ended uh, messed up with Athena and Billy against Marina and Ronda, Unreal was probably the better overall show of the two. Um, but that's not to say I did not enjoy this show uh for for an indie show i would give this a solid probably b plus as well um if you would my match recommendations for the show would be mochizuki against mike bailey grizzled young veterans uh, against the rascals the rascals and probably Brian Keith against Ortiz. Um, Those would be mine too. These, Jay Christ and Gringo Loco was really good. And the last two matches were good. Like I said, Kelly and Emmy Sakura was entertaining. It wasn't like a strong match that I expected, but it was entertaining at least. Uh, the scramble match is exactly what you would expect from a scramble. So if you like scramble matches you would like this one um but yeah uh i'd give it a b or b plus uh yeah, and and those are my match rec recommendations now on to the schedule did you pin that message no, I don't think I pinned that one. I pinned something else. Flicker. Okay, so 
Armbar Audio's upcoming schedule. God, we talk too much. No, I was just kidding. Um, so, Final Battle. We'll be covering Final Battle and AEW on the 16th. We'll be covering the Stardom Queendom show and World's End by AEW on January 2nd. We will be covering the Tokyo Joshi Pro Big Show on the from the 4th and Wrestle Kingdom on January 7th. Uh, and we will be covering Impact's Hard to Kill on the 14th. Also, so, also real quick, uh, I guess I'll let everybody know. 16th uh, is AEW Collision. It is in Garland, Texas. And your boy is going to be there live. So that's yes. going to be fun. So, and, if, yeah. and if they have card blades on sale. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all seem to care a lot more about those card blades than me. So, yeah, cool. Appreciate that. Okay. I, I see how it is, man. No, I'm very happy I know. that I you're going to go to this show. But... I, oh I, yeah, that that's I great. But hey, get the card blades. blades. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, but get make sure you get the card blades. Could you imagine if we were doing a show and card blade was right next to me, bro? Yeah, no, I I see it. But no, I feel you. I'm just giving you a hard time. But that's it. It's okay. If if I find it, it'll be my early Christmas gift to you. So. Oh, shut up, you cheap bastard! You're not getting me a Christmas gift. That's your Christmas gift. I'm paying you for it. I still buy. Okay, fine. All right. I mean, that's how you want to be. That's cool. See, you didn't have to. See, you, you didn't have to say that on on live recording. I'm just saying, I'm getting it for you. And <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you go lie, if you go lie on live recording, I'm gonna call your ass out. Okay. Well. Okay. Yes, I am a cheap bastard. I'm not getting you shit. See, that's that's what you get for calling me out. In the words of Brock Lesnar, you don't deserve shit, pal. Sid, you've already given me so much, especially this year. If it wasn't for you, Armbar Audio would be dead. So, oh, thank you. Uh, You've given me a podcast that I can also say that it that I have now. So I appreciate that. Well, it's all because of of our boy John up there. I'm son of a bitch. Big motherfucker. Big son of a bitch. Big motherfucker. (laughs) The funny funny thing is, is that we always called him that. And then we were Paul Bears. And like, we were just trying so hard. And we were like, big motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he was, he was watching us. Probably crack it up. up. Yeah, motherfucker. You bastards. (laughs) Would we'll call me fat. No, you... <laughs> right, right. Anyway. Oh, man. So, wherever you are in the world, whether it's morning, noon, or night, you have a great one. And peace and love to all of you. Bang.